The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks, covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you are not already an Athletic subscriber for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 95 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. Or should I say the Bags and Brisby Bartcast? Bart, 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 Bart. We're going to talk some Joey Bart today. How you doing, Bags? Six-car train for Dublin Pleasanton now boarding <laughs> platform two. <laughs> See, there's different ways you could go with you can go with the the Bay Area Rapid Transit jokes. I, of course, am just going for five million Simpsons jokes and just Bart. You know, every every time he does something wrong or right, it's it's Bart, 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 Bart. Yeah, I, I I've I've got plans. I got plans. Every, bags. every time he strikes out to strand runners in scoring position, you're gonna shake your heads at the hands of the TV and go, "Why you little? Why you little? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited about this as someone who. Has waited. I mean, you know, you can count on one hand the list of prospects who haven't showed up. We never got to see uh, Joshua Marge or Frederick Lisa or Jane Maggie. I don't know. I'm just making up names. But uh, Bart, this is exciting for me, a Simpsons nerd. However, Howard Caltrain had a very, very distinguished <laughs> major league career. All right. Well, we could certainly make stupid jokes for the rest of the podcast. I know that's the only skill I have. However, we should probably talk about Joey Bart, what this means. Is this for good? Is this temporary? What should we expect? Exactly how many home runs will he hit in how many exact plate appearances? Come on, spill the beans, Bex. Uh, wow. I don't know. I'm really interested just to see how the bat will play. And that was the question that I asked Farhan Zaidi on our little Zoom conference call we had with him is I said, you know, personally speaking, what are you most intrigued and excited to see being put into practice, the defensive skills or the offensive skills? He actually, to his credit, didn't give me sort of a dithering both sides answer. He said he's most excited to see the bat because when he's in the batter's box, you pay attention. The kind of at-bats he had back in February and March in spring training and even in the secondary camp where he was hitting rockets to right field, thinking about the ball he hit out at Campbellback Ranch against the Dodgers in spring training. He's a guy who makes an impact and he's a big dude. I mean, he's got, you know, big man strength in that batter's box. And they're really interested to see how it's going to play, how that power, just how big of a game changer it can be out of the gate. And yeah, you can just tell just how excited everybody is today. I just filed a story where I I caution people, hey, you know, if he struggles, if he does go two for 30 or whatever in his in his first few games, don't worry about it. But look for that power. Just just look for the power, because if he starts doing the things in against major league pitching that he was doing in spring training, 
that just raises his floor. And you talk about the Mike Zanino comparisons are always going to be there because of where both players are drafted, uh, because of everything you could count on with those players versus what you might not be able to count on in, in terms of baseball skills. Uh, you're, you're talking about how quickly they flew through the minor leagues. All this stuff lends itself to these easy comparisons. What it forgets is that Zunino gave the Mariners three really good seasons, three productive seasons, and he didn't need to hit 300 to have those productive seasons. He had one season where he was a two-win catcher, where he had a 250 on base percentage, and his glove got him up to, to be a really solid defensive catcher. Obviously, the expectations for Bart are higher, but if you see that defense right away and you see that power right away, the floor just gets really, really high, and that's exciting to me. Yeah, you know, Zunino's the guy that you're going to throw out there just because he's a catcher who, you know, has just that big power tool, but um, another guy is Matt Wieters, and and he and Joey Bart are uh, really good friends because they're both uh, Georgia Tech guys. Uh, and, and Wieters is a guy who, who basically is, his career is pretty much done by this point, but um, I, I think he's still with the Cardinals uh, playing a little bit. But he's a 249 career hitter. He probably hasn't made the kind of impact that people thought he'd make in his career. He had you know a, a string of about three or four years where he hit 20 home runs and knocked in 80. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, is, are we seeing basically the dawn of what could be a Hall of Fame career or just the dawn of a really good, solid, everyday catcher uh, you know who can be a, uh, put up some war and 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 help a team just be better and and, and be competitive. Uh, it's hard to say. You don't really know. You don't really know just the guys with the big ceiling, just how 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 high they can go. Um, but regardless, there's always that hope, right? There's always that hope that you are seeing a franchise pillar uh, starting out his career, and uh, and that's always exciting. I mean, can you imagine? What a team would look like if they had a young catcher uh, who was a plus defender and a plus hitter. Like, what what are the possibilities? You know, has the combination of a plus defense catcher who can also hit, has that ever worked for the Giants? Is is there any sort of way that that has worked out in the past? Oh, Having boy. someone who could be a gold glove winner, maybe an MVP, maybe. I don't know. It seems kind of uh, far-fetched. I, Kurt Manwaring had some decent offensive years, didn't he? <laughs> I, you know, he, he, for an eight hitter, he put up some good numbers a few times. Um, I'm trying to think. AJ Pruszynski is an offensive catcher <laughs> in Giants history. Um, no, you're, I, I know where you're going. The funny thing is, though, that Joey Bart and Buster Posey are very different. I mean, they're they both are. from they're both from Georgia. They're both out of the ACC. They were both <laughs> they were both you know top five overall draft picks. Um, got big draft bonuses. But Buster, there were a lot of questions about just how physical he was and if he could stay at catcher. And there's a reason he became a catcher. It's because he didn't really run well enough to, to grade out as a plus guy at any other position. Uh, and it's hard if you're like a first baseman to really establish your value when it's all in your bat. And it was very smart to develop Buster as a catcher. And he's so cerebral and he did a great job handling the staff. And we all know what you know, he's done behind the plate for the Giants. But there was that question about, is this guy, you know, physically durable enough to, to be at this position for a decade? And those questions just do not exist with Joey Bart at all. Now, Joey Bart is not the sort of plus hit tool guy that Buster was in terms of, you know, hitting for a high average, uh, being a high on base guy. But you know the power is there, and that can be an impact tool. And in terms of, of being a guy who's just going to be behind the plate and be an anchor 
Um, he, he is a prototypical defensive stud catcher. And, and uh, Buster became one, but I think he became one almost in spite of his physical uh, some of his physical abilities or limitations. And with Bart, that's that's not a question. This this guy's a big dude. Listen, it is not fair to even bring up the comparison right now. It's just, it's just sort of funny, the symmetry here, where in 2010, you have a decade that, that begins with Posey, and it lasts for a good long while, and, and much fun was had. And now in 2020, you have a new, you know, the heir apparent come up, and you're hoping for the same thing. Uh, I don't, I, you know, of course, you have to temper your expectations with any young player. I don't care who it is, if it's Ronald Acuna or whatever, you can't just assume they're going to make the Hall of Fame five years into their career. Uh, but you, this is the most exciting call-up since Posey. I, I'm not missing anyone, right? I think Posey, in, in, in September 2nd, 2009, that was the last time Giants fans were this excited about a prospect, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, obviously, Lincecum's debut was a few years earlier, and that was just really, really celebrated because he just absolutely demolished hitters in the minor leagues um, and 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 then we soon found out why um, but yeah this this has to be the biggest call up since, since Buster and I, I I'd be curious to get your opinion on it uh, is any part of you kind of miffed or hacked off or upset or whatever adjective you want to use that that this is happening here uh, almost midway through the season on August 20th? Uh, for you know, pretty obvious service time, service time reasons, and 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 that Joey Bart wasn't up here a week into the year. Kind of, sorta. Uh, you know, I go back and forth. I always thought that the Giants weren't going to be too cute with his service time because by the time he's a free agent, he'll be about thirty, and this doesn't seem like the organization that's going to want uh, a long term deal for a thirty year old catcher. That just doesn't track. You know, maybe if everything works out, he's a Hall of Famer, and they're going to pay him anyway. Uh, but you know, assuming a normal career path. That just doesn't seem like the kind of profile the Giants would want to sign to a long-term contract. So what, what's it matter if he if he's a free agent in 2026 or 2027? You'll get the best years of his career anyway. Uh, but at the same time, like I don't know. I Part of me wishes he were up earlier, but another part of me thinks this is about when he would have gotten called up in a normal season um, before the simulation broke. I think right about now is when you would have started hearing the whispers that he was about to be called up unless he demolished AAA in the months prior. I think right about now is where we would have seen him. So I'll just pretend that 2020 isn't really happening the way it is, which is something I've gotten quite good at. I just pretend all day, every day. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, I think I find it quasi offensive that that teams manipulate service time in this way. I mean, we knew that it just made no sense to start the year with Joey Bart because if they play 3 or 4 games and everyone gets covid and they shut it down and he's on the roster for those 3 or 4 games, he would have gotten a whole year of service time and that would have been a disaster because it would have been one of the 6 years that they control him before he's a free agent. So, I totally get why they didn't start the year. I totally get why they waited until the 6th or 7th day. Uh, when they knew he couldn't get a full year of service time. But to bring him up now, and you're seeing a lot of guys coming up now, Sixto Sanchez, uh, Casey Mize, you're seeing uh, Alec Bohm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been a, uh, uh, I don't know how you say his name, is it Christian Posh or Pache with the uh, Braves? I'm embarrassed. I can't, uh, I don't know how he pronounces his name. I just call him Poochie. Poot, there you go. Christian Christian P. Um, 
they all came up like in the same 48 hours and you know what's going on. It's the same reason that all of these guys would come up right when they would pass up Super 2 status so they don't get the extra fourth year of arbitration. And the Giants didn't do that with Tim Lincecum and they ended up kind of paying $9 million that they didn't really otherwise have to pay if they had waited like another three or four turns through the rotation. So, you know, but if I think it just, it could come down to if a guy is ready, if you feel that he's ready um, and you don't have a better alternative then you should be able to bring them up. I mean, you know, and I realize that that may be naive, but that's the way it should be, and that's not the way it works. So, you know, for, for the Giants to say things like, oh, well, he was having much better right-on-right at-bats in the Sacramento camp, or, oh, you know, we were just getting such better reports. We finally got to a point where we had consensus that this was the right move, and then you hear them talk about the kind of impact that you expect him to make. I I mean, I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm, I'm not going to be part of... of of basically papering over what we know was a decision that they made to make sure that he wasn't going to get an extra year of arbitration. But, you know, should we be upset about that? I don't know. I would just like to see the system change so that when young players are ready and they're obviously ready, they're in the big leagues and you can enjoy watching them play. But we also can't get mad at everything these days. So, you know, he's here now and and we'll find out if he really is ready. Got to tell you, you saying that we can't get mad at everything these days kind of pisses me off. Um, <laughs> just, just try me. I can, I can get mad at plenty. No, I, you know, I, I'm very, very pro labor and pro player when it comes to these arguments. Uh, I do understand the decision to not want to waste an entire year of service time on five games if the season were to shut down entirely. That even, even on. Uh, you know, with my ideological beliefs, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. I would have done the same thing. Uh, but, you know, it. I do think that it's uh, a little bit gross. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do still, I mean, maybe I'm just the most naive sucker uh, out there. But I do wonder if there was some concern about his hit tool. I don't know. Uh, th- that still rattles around in my brain. Are you just sort of writing that off? And it's it, are you convinced? Because if you're convinced, maybe I'll be convinced, and it's just all service time. I'll put it this way: when I was on those calls and and, and words were being said to to that effect, I wasn't typing them in. <laughs> I just <laughs> I'm just like, okay, let's let's move along. Let's move along to to what you like about him and how he can make an impact. You know, it's it's obvious. It's obvious. I, I, the older I get, the less I care, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to call that out. That, that's crap. I'm going to call that out. This this was about avoiding arbitration and everyone's doing the same. The funny thing is, by the time these guys will get to arbitration, there's going to be a new collective bargaining agreement. The rules could be totally different. Um, this may not even apply anymore, but it does kind of tell you that GMs are still operating the way they've operated and that they anticipate that you know maybe this system is going to be durable and it's not going to change that much in terms of the player uh you know, compensation structure. So that's all kind of interesting uh, to sort of put in the back of your mind right now. But I mean, for most everybody out there, I would imagine who are listening and and, and, and really mostly for us, we just want to see the kid play and, and and we've had to wait for it, but but now he's here. Years ago, I wrote about Yadier Molina and specifically how war was underrating him and, and how I, I had this feeling that 10, 20 years from now, in the, when we're in the future, the smart baseball fan will look back at the, the 2010s baseball fan and laugh at us for how we treated catchers and how we didn't... Uh, how how we underappreciated their defensive contributions. And I've always thought about that, Colin, because A, I believe it. Uh, but this year, I think about it constantly because I just cannot shake the feeling that the Giants would have a maybe not a winning record, but something close to it if they had 
competent defense, not competent, uh, excellent defense behind the plate. Uh, You know, Sterling defense, Buster Posey caliber defense. If they had that behind the plate, I think they would be games better than they are. And that's just based on what I've seen defensively and how rough and unpolished the Giants catching duo has been to this point. So, you know, maybe the Giants cost themselves a postseason appearance because they were playing games with uh, service time. Well, first of all, rough is the left fielder, not the catcher. Um, (sighs) Boom. Um. Yeah, you, you do. You do wonder. And then you wonder if it, re- I mean, it really matters. Um, you know, this this season was going to be about development anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they very easily could be, they're a game or two away from from being much more in the thick of things. They're also in a really tough division in the West and in a really tough division in the NL West. And, you know, even with this expanded playoff, you, you could be the third place team in your division and you could get in. You could be the fourth place team in your division and you can get in. You can't be the fifth place team in your division and get in. So, you know, even with Joey Bart, are, are you really confident that, you know, the Giants could catch any of the four teams um, in the NL West? And, and you know, it's, the jury's out, but uh, to this point, all of those teams do look better overall. Um, so, you know, may, maybe it would make an impact. Maybe it wouldn't. I guess we'll never know. Um, but I can tell you that People have been clamoring for Joey Bart for a long time. From the day Buster Posey opted out, there have been veteran players in Gabe Kapler's ear, in Farhan's ear, um, in Scott Harris's ear to get Joey on this team because they knew he was their best guy. And I, it's just so rare for um, you know a young player to have that immediate stature and that immediate belief from veterans. Uh, that that a young player could come in, make his major league debut, and have a stabilizing presence on a team as if he were a veteran. And that's the belief that's going around this clubhouse. And I guarantee you that clubhouse is a more confident place today than it was yesterday. And were some of those advocates for Joey Bart, were some of them of the uh, pitching stripe? Maybe, maybe, yes, possibly. That- that says a lot to me because that's always the the fear with young catchers is that they come up and they, they swallow their keys, so to speak, and, and they're not able to do the little things that help the pitchers along, whether it's framing pitches or just being a field general uh, in general. Uh, but, you know, it's so to have pitchers in Bart's corner. I'm assuming they've thrown to him. I'm assuming they've pitched uh, with him catching in either a spring game or a side session. They're seeing something, and, and that speaks a lot. You know, that, that means a lot. I don't sense that there's any question about his readiness to handle a pitching staff or his readiness to defensively be an asset, to take control of a game. And we've seen a lot of the mistakes uh, that this team has made defensively. And, you know, not all of them were going to be prevented by having a catcher that everyone feels is a stabilizing presence. But maybe some of them might have been... Uh, avoidable just because a catcher you know keeps the tempo for everybody and you wonder if if uh, if, if Joey's going to have that from day 1 he's going to just have an innate feel for how I can just sort of control the tempo uh, for my pitcher on the mound for the guys playing behind him um, and just make everyone feel like like things are kind of not so willy-nilly that all the all the sort of threads of the screw are are screwed all the way in and you just go out and you be instinctive and you make plays um, I, I wonder. I wonder if there's going to be an impact there. And I, I think, you know, within the next few weeks, we can maybe mirror up pre-BART with post-BART and uh, and draw some conclusions. Yeah. No, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, it. And the thing is, is he's joining a team that is 
actually quite watchable. He's not going to be expected to be the savior. This isn't, uh, you know, Buster Posey coming up in 2009 and maybe he's the key to turn this lousy lineup around. It's There's not going to be that kind of pressure on him. Maybe he's hitting sixth in, in his uh, start tonight. So I think that's a pretty good spot for him. He doesn't necessarily have to worry about the quarterback controversy with Buster Posey. It's just his gig and the expectations are high, but also the the risk is low. So have at it. It should be kind of fun and, and almost an ideal situation. The only problem is that uh, the Angels are not throwing Nolan Ryan uh, for, <laughs> for Joey Bart's Major League debut. Nolan Ryan is not getting the start, so... You won't have that Will Clark potential moment, but... Uh, do you know who uh, Buster Posey's first step bat was against? Ooh, I don't know. Um, Neither do I. I. I was curious because it wasn't... Uh, you know, I remember Shane Victorino in Tim Lincecum's debut, and that's one of the... One, two, three, four, seven thousand reasons Giants fans hate him. Um, but, it, it, you know, I don't remember much about Buster Posey in 2009. I'm going to go with, like, Glendon Rush. I don't know why that pops in my head. <laughs> But it, it's just a name that I enjoy saying. Um, Glendon Rush. Let's go with that. I, I'm looking it up, though. I am, too. And, and I just want to point out that, real quick, he was called up on September 2nd. Uh, first game was September 11th. Uh, that That's weird. Nine days before even one lousy plate appearance, and it was he came into the eighth inning of a game. Uh, from September 2nd to September 24th, he had three plate appearances. Just the weirdest thing, and I will never get over it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. So he came in on a double switch, his first uh, at bat with the Giants behind 10 to 1 to the Dodgers. Hiroki Kuroda struck him out swinging on five pitches, and Not everyone right. just decided he was done, that he can't play. Right. And, and, and yeah, and, and, they, and they sent him out, and we never heard from him again. So he was the moonlight Graham of, of, of the Giants. No, it, it got better. It got better from there. And then uh, he comes into the game to catch, and he catches legendary Joe Martinez. Oh, Joe Martinez. And Give Ryan, me a Joe Martinez anecdote. Come on. Joe Martinez uh, was a substitute teacher in the off-seasons. So good. That's yeah. it. See, I knew, you, I knew you wouldn't disappoint. Uh, Buster Posey's first hit. Do you remember that? No, mostly I'm, I'm just sort of transfixed because I'm seeing that Ryan Garko was, was playing for the Giants that day. So... That brings back some memories. His first hit. Um, you know what I remember more? I remember is when they, they he didn't start the year with them in 2010, right? And then they 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 call him up and uh, and they give him the job. And I remember that he had three hits, all of them to drive in runs in his first three at bats when they called him up in 2010. And obviously that wasn't his debut, but it was kind of his arrival. I think. Yes. Now, first hit was uh, top of the ninth. Giants down twelve to one. He gets a nice line drive single off Jeff Weaver. Ooh, nice. So wait, the his his first two times coming to the plate, his teams were down ten to one and twelve to one. Welcome to the Giants, Buster. Wow, wow. And Bumgarner <laughs> pitched in that game too. Ooh, he was probably like nineteen at that time. Oh my goodness, his old battery mate from San Jose. He caught a little of, of Bumgarner that day. The future. The future is in front of us. Uh, this is pretty much what Bart's going to do. So no pressure, Joey. Just go out and do it. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to win Rookie of the Year and MVP and Silver Slugger and Gold Glove all right away. He can, you know, mix them out over a few seasons just like Buster did. Now, technically, he can win two rookie, rookies of the year, right? That's I think that's true, yes, because the, the thresholds are still in place. 
and I don't know if he would get enough at bats or uh, or plate appearances, I should say, or service time. It is possible that someone could be Rookie of the Year this year and maintain their rookie qualification status next year. I believe that's probably something, I think Jason Stark pointed that one out uh, in one of his wild, wacky, woolly uh, uh, columns a while back. So yeah, how about that? Two-time Rookie of the Year. That'd be pretty cool. So it's only fair, you know, let's just be fair then. He just has to win one Rookie of the Year award. I think just like 50, you know, 50% of the possible Rookie of the Year awards are his, and that's fair. That's not too high expectations, right? No, I, I think that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been episode 95 of the Bart and Bartsby Bartcast. Uh, we are excited to watch Joey Bart finally after, when was he drafted? 2018, right? Uh, he was, yes. Yeah, so it feels like it was seven years ago. Uh, time has no meaning anymore, so that's part of it. But I don't know. It's it's exciting to get to watch him and see his stuff. I will look for his pitch framing skills and his dinger mashing abilities. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Tanika Smothers for producing us. And we will be back on Monday to talk about how Joey Bart did and if he is now leading in the race for Rookie of the Year in 2020. All right, thanks for listening.